I'll have a bold uh, prediction of he'll either be on the roster or he won't be, or he'll be on injured reserve. <laughs> and bold, Ronan. Brave. Bold. So hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. Uh, this week we'll be looking at some news from around the league, uh, reviewing some of the games from last week, taking a couple of questions from you, the listener, and then previewing our picks for next week. So hey, we've got Connor, we've got uh, Harry, hey, and we've got Roland. Hello. So lads, what's the crack? How are we getting on? Ah. I'm not under report, actually. Again, always this section. It's always like, oh, this would be interesting, like, jovial lead-up, talking about our lives, to ease people into the podcast, as opposed to it's like, well, we are all employed, and it's miserable. <laughs> Welcome to late-stage capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. What about yourself, Ronan? Any, any more cracked any cork? Uh, no, I've just been uh, tipping about, watching, thankfully, the averted election in, in our fine nation. Yeah. Uh, the justice has prevailed, kind of. Well, we've just we've just lost the head of the Department of Justice as well. Yeah, exactly. Another <laughs> another uh, another one bites the dust. Um, yeah, it was good fun. I think uh, fairly quiet enough myself. We were down to went down to the Christmas lights being turned on in Smithfield, where uh, as Santa tried to turn on the Christmas lights, the entire breaker went, and then they had to stall for fifteen minutes in the rain while a literally a department store Santa. He was over from the Ilac Centre, uh, who didn't know what to do. They just handed him the microphone, told him to sing Christmas songs. He did not know most of the words to most of the Christmas songs. Uh, it was it was quite funny to to watch. Um, outside of that, nothing else too wild or crazy. Just. Flat out, I've got a job interview on Thursday, and uh, I've got a assignment due for college this day week, so a lot of late nights and not a lot of fun or drinking to be had. <laughs> yeah, um, but I suppose we'll crack on in that. Uh, it, it, it's time for the first of the first of the year, trying to pour some out for our fallen homies. Uh, the Browns and the 49ers and the Giants have now officially been eliminated from postseason contention. They are the first to fall, but they will be the first of, what... Uh, 20? Wait, was that actually a question? Yeah, it's, tw- it's 20 <laughs> okay. that don't make the postseason, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 20. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, three three of 20. Uh, so, uh, do, do, do you have any passing remarks? Browns, you, you kept us hoping. There was still that micro, micro <laughs> chance last week if 49 different results happened for you. Yeah, I think this has been uh, <laughs> all but mathematically, I think was the phrase for a few weeks there. Mm. And, uh, yeah, look, this has just been a miserable season for Cleveland. Um where the things they were hoping to develop don't quite look like they're going the way they want to. There's been a lot of, obviously, controversy between the, the front office and Hugh Jackson. So, so what will, I think, be interesting to see in the lead-up to the draft is that power struggle, uh, whether or not that raises its head and how that impacts on the draft. But right now, this is a team, once again, in pole position to draft a whole load of players. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it was interesting. I do think they... Um I think they played pretty decently last week. Like they got some more things going than they were expecting, and they've the hype train, which we will obviously mm. be discussing later on, uh, is coming to town this week. And um, we'll see if they've got uh, stuff that will keep them excited later on in the later on in the year. But uh, goodbye Browns, goodbye 49ers, goodbye Giants. We might occasionally talk about you, but not in a good way. Uh, we'll fly on to injuries, I suppose. A couple of largish ones. Um, San Francisco's quarterback uh, CJ Bethard or Beathard uh, got a knee contusion at the tail end of the game, which is apparently not serious, and he might be available for the game next week. But what it did do was it opened up for uh, the arrival of uh, Godropolo, the uh, the the greatest quarterback to ever play for New England. Uh, <laughs> 
the future of the franchise uh, to come in and have a phenomenal three, uh, I think three pass streak. Um, two, two passes, one scramble, I think. One scramble, yeah. Um, it was it was good. He's now got a hundred percent completion rate. He's thrown a touchdown. He's one. He's a hundred percent on fourth down. Uh, it's 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 a good way to warm up. But presumably, you know put him back in the box and don't let him get broken before next season or do you let him play out the remaining five games of the schedule or six games I think you let him play it out like look you've got suddenly given that little bit of hope into the into the fan base and like I don't think I've heard a pop like that from in a San Fran game this season for the one when Jimmy G came into the game mm. like look if you're like I think you, you see what you've got so we know we know what CJ Beathard can do now we know he's he's, he's a Tough guy. He plays hard. He's limited. He's a backup. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you got with Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's see if we can get him comfortable. Yeah, don't get him killed. You know, if game if you're getting blown out in the third quarter, yeah, pull him. Yeah. But I think you give him a bit of more time in the system. Be like, let's just see how he can do. Just get game him by game, and let's get some warmth and some hope back into this fan base. Mm-hmm. So there's actually something you know, looking positive going towards the season. Fair enough. Uh, San Francisco aren't the only ones who had a bit of a QB controversy through injury. Uh, Denver's quarterback, Paxton Lynch. Future of the franchise, Paxton Lynch. A high ankle sprain, he's out for three to four weeks. And let's be honest, lads, this was not a player, given from what we saw, that you would want to keep out in that field. He's unlikely to see the field again this season after that. That was a terrible debut. Uh, We were messaging during the game. I said, honestly, I think of the three quarterbacks on that roster, none of whom are good, he might actually be the worst. Um, Is this, even though it's a very short period of time, is this the end of at least the idea of Paxton Lynch as a potential starter but he might be held on as a potential backup? No, I think they've invested too much in Paxton Lynch to give up on him unless they choose to draft another quarterback in the draft this year, which they probably should but I don't know if they're willing to back I think, you know, with John Elway still being in the building, he seems to stick with his guys even past the point at which they haven't really shown that value. He brought back Brock Osweiler even though he is we know what Brock Osweiler is, and then he gave him the start. It just seems like a situation right now where uh, they, like, they've come out publicly. They said they backed Paxton Lynch. Uh, his agent came out as well. I think, for me, Denver, because the kind of power structure is so stable, and perhaps not in a good way based on what we're seeing over the last two years or so, I don't think Paxton Lynch will be given up again. He'll be given another chance next offseason. But yeah, in year three, he's either going to be in, he's either going to be in the team or he's going to be cut, I would say, uh, or at least certainly put on to on the reserve. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to see more Paxton Lynch. I'm afraid to say, uh, but not this season with the injury issue. I love the bold uh, prediction of he'll either be on the roster or he won't be, or he'll be on injured reserve. <laughs> that is bold, Ronan. <laughs> Brave. Bold. Uh, other other news. Uh, the was he injured? Was he not? Martellus Bennett is now injured, but for a different reason, and he's gone for the season. And uh, the only other one is Greg Olson injured his foot, which could have an impact on that offense. They said they don't think it's serious, but I think he's still getting some uh, some testing done on it. So we'll update you on that as, as we hear. Uh, on to our favorite part of this, and every week, crime and punishment. Uh, what are they going to do? Probably felonies. Actually, not quite felonies this time because it happened on a football field. Uh, in... Uh, a very terrible game between uh, Oakland and Denver. Uh, about two and a half minutes in, Crabtree and Tlaib got into a bit of a punching match. Uh, this happened initially after Crabtree was apparently involved in a scuffle with uh, Chris Harris Jr., which uh, all of the papers in Denver are portraying as he punched him in the stomach, but uh, everyone who watches the video says 
he blocked him. That's a football thing. Um, uh, Talib ran in, decided to attack him, and decided to once again reach in and grab that lovely chain that uh, that Crabtree tends to wear when he plays. Uh, this ended up with them having a fist fight, huge fist fight in the sidelines as well. Both have been suspended for two games. Gabe Jackson has been was kicked out of the game as well. We're waiting to hear whether he has any follow ups uh, to this. So, to an extent, we kind of knew there was going to be a bit of a argy bargy between these two. Uh, surely, you just don't wear the fucking chain, or you tell your guys have your head screwed on tightly. You are one half of our two main wide receivers. Don't get into a fecking fist fight. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But on the other hand, I, I don't like this idea of, oh, he shouldn't wear the chain. Like, I mean, what? You shouldn't wear gloves if they get ripped off? Like, I, I just think that's dark. Well, you don't, you, you don't mind, stance, I don't. I think we shouldn't wear jewellery on the field full stop. Yeah, I know. But I think, in a world in which we do, I think my stance on this personally is that Keith Talib is a little bitch. Yeah. Who knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> went out. And the fucking thing about Keith Talib is he pulled my... He going to have a fight. So what did he do? He pulled Crabtree's helmet off. You could see him when they're making sure he had his own helmet on securely and then engaging in a fist yeah. fight. Like, like I mean, you can, and you can say the same thing about Crabtree. Yeah, you don't keep your head screwed on. You're half of our. You can just say the same about Talib. Like, you're half of what's supposedly one of the best cornerback duos in the league. Don't rip the guy's chain off and start throwing punches at him. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. mind blowing. Immature, yeah, especially in light of the fact that like uh, like Crabtree don't wear his chain, but apparently he had actually taken precautions to taped make his it chain down, less yeah. rippable. He had taped it to himself. Yet to leave, just got right in there and ripped it anyway. So, like, let's say these two have prior, it would be an understatement that to leave mm. his own priors in general, uh, to be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is just two players who aren't known for having the coolest of heads, who have got into some kind of fight. They're in the back end of what is basically a dead season, probably, for both teams. Oakland have a glimmer of hope, maybe, but not really, to be honest, based on how they're playing. And it just feels like if they were, if either of these teams is in playoff contention, maybe this would have got broken up. But because both teams are at such a loose end, are having mm. such a bad season, no one really intervened. Gabe Jackson made a stupid move as well. So it kind of just feels like this is, you know, a lot of sand and fury signifying nothing, as it were. Yeah. Uh, two franchises that are just have had, had high hopes, which have not been fulfilled this season. You know what I would like to see those next time these two teams play? Um is that Oakland signed uh, Steve Smith Sr. to a one-day contract <laughs> to beat the shit out of Akeem Tlaib again. Uh, I, I, my favourite bits of the, kind of the story is one Crabtree's new nickname is now Minus Two Chains, which I think is just phenomenal. But um, the other one was, and I like this, so the, the punishments come down that they're both going to get suspended for two games and have their, their paychecks gone up. So someone online suggests, and I think it's the perfect solution, Crabtree and Tlaib into the octagon, right? <laughs> and they're playing for... The two game checks and the two chains, right? And the other one walks away with the two suspensions, so they have to take a four game suspension. And like you could even do is like a table ladders and chairs wrestling match where the chains are dangling above the top. Oh, it'd be phenomenal. Um, but yeah, over. And as an aside, Marshawn Lynch, get the fuck over yourself. Stop doing all this bullshitty stuff like I'm going to walk and escort him past here so I can seem like the level-headed one when all he's trying to do is get himself coverage in the local media because he's setting himself up for a career post-football. He did the same thing in the Marcus Peters thing and it's just fucking stupid. All he's doing is asking to get caught up in the middle of something that'll be a bigger issue and try to look like a bigger man. I don't think it's good. I think it's a whole load of fucking bullshit. Oh, well, okay. That came out of nowhere. a bit provocative right there. And um, look, you know, I love Marshall. I... The Marcus Peters thing, I think we can all agree, was was stupid. I don't know if that was calculated, because if it was calculated, he needs better PR people, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, like, I, I don't see a problem with, like, escorting Tlaib off. Like, particularly when he's going past the fucking Oakland fans and Oakland bench. Like, I don't... 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Even if it is just him looking for his career in the media, which would be an interesting uh, direction for Marshall Lynch to go in, given everything we know. But I don't think media. No. I just think he's he's, he's yeah. trying to get focus and a bit of yeah. I think I, I think he has enough of that already. So I'm not I'm not sure that holds true. But even then, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Like yeah, as Marshall himself said, uh, we're all going to get got, but I'm going to get mine more than I get got. I, don't know, I just, I just think it's, I just think it's bullshit. Uh, I just, I don't like it. It seems a uh, very fake to me. Very fake, Marshawn. Come at me. <laughs> uh, other news: uh, Jane Gresham and Malik Jackson reportedly fighting after the Jacksonville, Arizona game. Uh, we don't have any details on any follow-up uh, bans or suspension, anything like that. And in the Miami game, uh, Bobby McLean is also ejected for throwing punches. It's been a very fighty week. There's also been reports, and it's not up on the crime and punishment section, but there's been reports that. Um, in the Bears locker room beside, uh, not the locker room, but the room beside the press availability, so probably the locker room, that um, very widely heard that there was a lot of fighting and shouting and like uh, raised voices and everything going on there and they were having like scraps in the uh, in the locker room. So a very fighty week in the NFL. I just imagine Mitchell Trubisky in the corner like sucking his tongue probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, can we can we just calm down just just a little bit maybe? Uh, I'll throw more passes, I will, I promise. <laughs> I swear guys, just give me a chance. Uh, <laughs> Trade signings extensions. Uh, Kansas City made a big move this week. Uh, signed free agent quarterback Darrell Rivas on a two-year deal. He's playing for vet minimum uh, and he's got some incentives. So if we make the AFC Championship game and he plays 50% of the snaps, he gets a million. If we make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl and he plays more than 50% of the snaps, he gets another two million. So he's playing for vet minimum and that's it. Like, uh, is gambling just illegal in the state that he lives in? Is he just like, I gamble on myself? Yeah. <laughs> It's just, uh, and the thing is, with those, he's, he's that's still going to be paid out of the Jets' money anyway. So it doesn't matter. Like it's 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 not him getting any more money. Um, I like this pickup. So essentially, he's on vet minimum, and he's got a ten million next year with no guarantee. So they're just going to cut him for next year. Um, overall, I like this because one, no one can be worse than Philip Gaines. He's literally <laughs> the worst cornerback in the league, ranked by Pro Football Focus, and, and it, it is in the name. <laughs> yeah, Philip Gaines. Philip Gaines. fucking shitloads of Gaines. <laughs> Um, so he, he can't be worse than Philip Gaines so automatically good uh, and then it's like Revis obviously wants to get another paycheck he's not coming in just for the crack for a half year he's he's angling and getting a, a gig next year so he's hoping to play a bit this obviously worked for him because he only, he's only going to have to play six games and he's going to be seen a little bit I'm, not, I'm not sure you watched Darrell Revis last year <laughs> I'm not sure that is his attitude uh, well there's there's literally no reason for him to be coming playing otherwise because he gets paid all the money and more by not playing so the only thing that he's gaining by playing is potential for another contract at the end and if there's a man who will be able to find a way to get more money out of the NFL even with a terrible skill set it'll be him um, but yeah. is, is he definitely confirmed as going into the cornerback spot or is he is there I think, I think rumors that he might do a Charles Woodson type of situation I don't know I see what I would expect is that he'll probably go into the third cornerback slot maybe rotate third cornerback into maybe second safety coverage or a bit of box safety stuff but I think I think we're probably looking at him as the third or rotational corner uh, in, in, in this spot and then maybe move him up if he plays well but not, not worry otherwise but yeah like overall minimal risk Gets a potential. We literally have the worst cornerback in the league on our team, so it can't. So as it can just be as bad. We, he, <laughs> he could just be so bad that he's now the worst cornerback in the league, and then we have the worst and the second worst cornerback in the league in, the, in our team. But yeah, like any thoughts on this one, lads? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a makes sense. Like of the kind of like the qual like the potential quality of player available at this point in the season, Revis 
if he's hungry to play, he's uh, still a really good player and he's a really intelligent player. Like if he's in that slot position, uh, as you suspect as a third corner, then hopefully the lack of pace can be made up of, similar to like the Woodson case where playing safety kind of covered up some for his lack of pace towards the end of the career. But we won't know until we see him. And obviously the last time we saw him wasn't great. But as you can say, that KC secondary is so bad that it's certainly a no-risk uh, play for the end of this season uh, to hopefully turn that KC season around. Yeah, was we'll he Like, the defence have been playing better, but good God, the offence is dirt shit. Um, Dwight Freeney has been picked up by Detroit. Uh, he's happy to be united with an old coach, but let's see if the old dog can still move. Uh, he didn't last too long on Seattle. Uh, a few other moves. Uh, Darren McFadden is now gone from Dallas, so uh, I, I don't fully understand why they held on to him so long in this scenario, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Cassius Martin signed by San Francisco, and Ray Ray Armstrong signed by uh, the New York Jets. Or, sorry, Giants. Giants. Um, uh, is there anything else from around the league? I suppose a few bits and pieces. Um, this kind of happened in between episodes, so... Uh, We've already seen the end point of it. Raiders have fired defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr. and replaced him with John Pagano. They have snapped their no interception streak. Uh, so obviously <laughs> this was a huge move uh, and nothing to do with the quality of quarterback that they were facing in the Denver Broncos. <laughs> right, guys? That, 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 that interception, I'm not quite sure that was on the defense. Uh, a number of incidents had to happen for it to ricochet into the... Waiting arms of a cornerback, so... It was uh, a middle linebacker, actually. So. A middle linebacker, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very <laughs> intentional. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't imagine this is going to have a huge effect. Well, uh, once Trevor Simeon came into the game, they looked pants again. It yeah. Just, it was the Paxton Lynch effect. Like It was. Uh, tight end Jacob Tammy has retired after nine seasons. Uh, I think he's been to two Super Bowls and lost in both of them. I think he was unsuccessful for the Colts and unsuccessful for the Falcons. Uh, like he was in... Probably the better versions of the teams yep. that lost for both yeah. of those cases. It's remarkable. <laughs> um, but he had a pretty decent career, nothing mind-blowing. Uh, he was a good meme. <laughs> Apparently he's a very nice guy, so there was just this sort of meme in NFL locker rooms that ended up being leaked out in interviews where everyone just pretended to hate Jacob Tammy. Fantastic. For no discernible reason. I didn't know that at all. That's fantastic. Good man, Jacob Tammy, just being sound. You don't get too many of them these days. Like like our favourite part of the crime and punishment. Like There's a lot of that to go around. Um, Finally, Kirk Cousins has responded to reports at Washington's uh, upper... upper, Yeah, Washington. Of course, this is how you fix your team. Continue this crap. Uh, The Washington brass have been reportedly saying that they need to see some more out of this Kirk Cousins guy before they make a decision on it. There's five games left in the season. Kirk Cousins has played well, not off the charts good, but well enough that... I'm pretty certain he'll have a number of suitors if he doesn't stay with Washington. He will have his choice of four or five landing spots. Surely Washington just need to lock this down and this is just a terrible, terrible, terrible indictment of how incompetent they are. Firstly, it's pronounced Kurt. Kurt. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, well, maybe this is the thing. Maybe they're like, we don't want to sign this Kurt Cousins guy, but this Kurt Cousins guy seems pretty good. Absolutely, right? Which roster is he on again? (laughs) I think like like it's like the, they're obviously lining up for the fact that their opening position with Kirk is thirty million because they have to give him the franchise tag, uh, and they're kind of I think you can kind of sense the wheels are turning. That can we afford thirty million on a quarterback? Probably not. But can are there teams with like infinite amounts of cap room who will? Probably so. Washington they screwed this whole thing up and now they're trying to wash it up because they're a shitty team with a shitty organisation who take no blame for anything 
that's why they continue to suck forever. Yeah, it's brilliant. And they have a racist name, so fuck them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is fair. Oh, all of the above. Like, I just... Like, what do they think is going to happen? Are they just waiting for, like, the next Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady to just fall into their lap? Like, you have an above-average quarterback. You have a guy who's probably a borderline top-ten quarterback. Like, why are you, have you... And now you've dicked him around, and like Ronan said, you've got yourself into a position where you basically can't afford him now. Yeah. What was the point of that? I just... I, it doesn't It doesn't make any sense. They, they, they've done nothing apart from lose leverage and lose position every step of the way. But it, it it's kind of heartwarming to see that they're never going to change as much. <laughs> you know? Like, there's always one constant, and that's that the Mazungus are fucking shite. Uh, we'll move on on that cheery note to, to the game reviews. So first up in the Ring of Honor, we have uh, Carolina at, Jesus Christ, the New York Jets made it into the Ring of Honor, uh, 35-27. to 27. Carolina edged a close one here, needing uh, Luke Keekley fumble recovery and, uh, and a clay punt return touchdown to take the lead and got it out. Uh, the Jets led this game in the fourth quarter, which I don't think anyone expected. Uh, it was a monster game from Robbie Anderson. He had 146 yards and two touchdowns, which was eight yards less and two touchdowns more than Cam Newton threw for. This <laughs> is uh, remarkable. But this was all ground game for, for Carolina. McCaffrey, seven for 62. Clay, one for 29. Cam, nine for 28. And Stewart, 15 for 26. They ran it 55% of the time in this game. This is what their identity is at the moment. This is what they were getting rid of Benjamin to try and clear out, put some speed guys outside and open up the box and stuff. I suppose the question is, can Carolina take this run-heavy offense and run with it through the playoffs? Like, they've done it once before. Like, you know, I talked about here in a preview with their game in Atlanta. Like I said, they're going to get back on track. They're going to go back to the old offense. Forget this, McCaffrey. Forget this misdirection. They're just going to go run Cam again. Because they were trying to turn Cam into a pocket passer again earlier in the season. And it didn't work again. Because Cam Newton is not a pocket passer. Cam Newton is a force of nature. And sure, that might mean he'll have to retire by the time he's 30. But he get, he's good enough that that can work. It's good enough to get you a Super Bowl. It's good enough to make you look good. I think right now they know the formula that works and they're going to run it until they can. I think, you know, Carolina, they can think about the future as much as they want, but with what they have right now, with Cam Newton, I don't think they have any option but to run this type of offense. Christian McCaffrey adds a little bit of like extra spice on top, but fundamentally the identity is still the same one that they had two years ago. Will it take them all the way to the Super Bowl? That's difficult to say, especially in the NFC South. Oh, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going I'm to say no. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say no, absolutely not. Because you look at this, right? Firstly, it, guys, it's the New York Jets, okay? Like, let's be honest. Yeah, hey, been a bit the championship than... New York Jets are going to put it to a Super Bowl contender, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, week. I know, right? You're, you're preemptively <laughs> making... But, like, look, this is not a great Jets team. Secondly, like, barring one massive run by McCaffrey, the ground game got nowhere, by and large. Like, those stats Connor read out are, are not good. And you've really got McCaffrey's one's the only one that sounds decent, and that's because of one run that accounted for 40 yards, which is a huge amount. Kalen Clay's simply one run for 29 yards. That's not necessarily sustainable, and ultimately it was the defense of a special teams play that won them this game against one of the weaker teams in the league. This team can't, this team isn't even guaranteed to make the playoffs, like, and we're talking about whether or not they can get to a Super Bowl. I just think it's premature. I think this team has strengths. I think the run game is a strength, but. I think as we show as we've shown in this game, it can be shut down, it can be limited, and sometimes Cam Newton is amazing and sometimes he just throws up stinkers like this. This is not a team I would consider to be reliably able to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they might just magically put it together like they did a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. It happens. But right now what I'm seeing 
to me, that's a no. Well, this is the thing. Like, I, I look at them as kind of mercurial a bit. Of like, they they are the team that can come out on a day and like just destroy teams, and then they'll come out another day and they'll just shit the bed and put up nine points. But that like they've got the potential there, which is fun. Like, the, I'd rather that than the kind of team who are going to reliably win seven games. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, single tear yeah. all down Jeff Fisher's face. <laughs> In the NSC and even in the NSC South alone, you have two teams, uh, New Orleans who've been consistently good, and Atlanta who seem to be forming into, into who rounding into form, where you're kind of like, those are actually good teams, like they feel kind of like consistent teams, yeah. but I think like, like you know, the only reason I give Carolina credit is that they're winning despite the fact they're not playing well, like that's the kind of, you know, the characteristics of a champion, as it were, is, is the cliche, I think like they're just a team that's really tough to beat, mm. and that defense has come around uh, mostly in this case, I don't know really what happened. With Robbie Anderson maybe just forgot that he existed. I know, yeah, but like had until this game, uh, or even though he's like one of the top fantasy wide receivers. Yeah, he was uh, great. He was, he was great. Uh, I I had him on on two teams because I was really stuck. But like I was gonna say, onto this Jet stuff, like they had a strong looking defense for most of this game. Like I said, they were leading in the fourth. McCarron over three hundred yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. They had over a hundred yards on the ground, four yards per carry. They had two receivers over a hundred yards, like. <laughs> I know we kind of made fun of them there, but like the Jets actually looked like a good team in this game, right? Like they had a touchdown taken back because the NFL hates Austin Severian Jenkins. <laughs> but the the worrying thing, like you know, it would be great if this was like the Jets. They showed some fight here. There's hope for the future. But when you actually go through the players who are getting them that far, it's not like you're looking at a future oriented roster here. You have Josh McCown. You have Bial Powell. You have Forte. Uh, like Robbie Anderson is really on the offense the only player you would go is a young up and coming player Jermaine Curse maybe uh, and a- 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 Austin Severian Jenkins is like a is a reclamation project uh, but like it's just like it's kind of weird like they're they're playing better than they are they're doing quite well Todd Bowles probably will keep his job but if you actually look at the long term trend of the team it's not like you're seeing the roster of the future here there's still a huge amount of rebuilding they're going to do if they actually yeah. want to have any kind of sustained success so it's not it was a nice story that the Jets haven't completely sucked which is what we all expected but it's not what it's not at the kind of like there's hope for the free future of the franchise situations that you know other teams might have uh you know San Francisco put on run for example in the last few games then we'd be like okay this is getting a team coming around the corner for the Jets it's like lots of veterans kind of doing above what we expect uh, at the end of their careers, mm. it's nice, but they're still four and seven. This is this is this is players guaranteeing that they might get another two year contract rather than players yeah. setting themselves up for, uh, yeah, for a career. That's true, and I mean, you look at I, I think we're running spot on really there. It's like there's no what, what's the future at quarterback? It, it's not anyone on their roster. What's the future? The hack at attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Sorry. What's the future at quarterback that doesn't suck? Uh. <laughs> Like, is there a future running back? Running back like Elijah McGuire, maybe, but it doesn't look like it. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, wide receiver is great. There's questions on the O line. There's a lot of veterans still on the defense, so you don't yeah. know how long they're going to be able to perform. And that said, are the, do, do the Jets suck? No, not as much as they do. Are the Jets good? Like they're fine. They're a below average but not terrible team. Mm-hmm. But I agree. The question is, where does this team move into the future? And that's got to be the question for Todd Balls. It's like, right, you just about steadied the ship. What's the next step, Todd? And that's going to be make or break for this team. And also, yes, the refs do hate Austin's very Jenkins, and I really still don't understand that rule. <laughs> <laughs> Moving like, on, like, like, just like you know, this is the second time he's got screwed. He got screwed in that Patriots game as well. Mm. There, I don't know who. I don't know if he like slept with Roger Goodell's wife or something, or something's going on there. But uh, poor ASJ, uh, a lot mm. of 
bad luck this year. Although he did have a drop pass, so maybe it's a bit of a maybe make some of their own bad luck himself. No, of course. Uh, On to the neutral zone then. So we've got uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. So the Colts blew their fourth double-digit second-half lead of the season in an anemic uh, to an anemic-looking Tennessee team that won twenty to six. Mariota looked poor. Uh, Henry looked great and is causing more questions as to why the fuck they're splitting that backfield as much as they are. Let me see. Here's a quick question. If you have one running back go 13 attempts for 79 yards and one running back go 12 attempts for 9 yards, which one should you be handing the fucking ball to? Exotic smash mouth. But the uh, the Titans defense, or depending on you look at the Colts line, are the big story in this game. Uh, they tied the franchise record with 8 sacks, uh, particularly big performances from uh, Daquan Jones and Arakpo. Tennessee seemed to be getting a bit of their smash mouthy thing back, but like I said, like Henry looked great. Fucking Murray looked god awful in this game. He so he twelve attempts for nine yards with a twelve yard long. Yeah, go touchdown. Yeah, twelve, 12 <laughs> yards. Fuck you. Yeah, he lost three three yards on eleven combined carries. Yeah, like, like what? What is this team? Not very good. Know. I'd go with, <laughs> like, that, that's it. Like, the, the, this identity they've supposedly been forging in, in Nashville, it's never really been clear, has it? Like, for a while, the identity is, exotic smash it, I'll hand it off to Marco Murray. It's like, well, now Marco Murray sucks. Like, we're going to keep handing it off to Marco Murray. We don't know why. Um, Henry has looked the better back this year. Now, both of them have been up and down, in fairness. But a lot of that's, like, the struggles in the run game have come back, I think, to what you mentioned about Mariota. Like, it's almost a bit of a mess right now. Mm. It's like, who are the Titans? What is this team's identity going to be and if it is going to be what you have consistently told us it's going to be why is your commitment to it like not trying to take advantage in the best way possible why are you using weapons that aren't working it's just a bit weird you know and like yeah we haven't seen in terms of like we, ha- we haven't really seen anything evolve to take pressure off the run like I think the passing game has regressed over the last season yeah but it's not been looking it? good no like, I don't know but I'd- like yeah, I think there's something going on there. I think he must be carrying an injury, and that wouldn't surprise us considering his his history. But like, there's something going on there. He doesn't look quick. He doesn't look dynamic. And when you take away that running element from his play, he just does not look anywhere near the same player as we we've seen him be over the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to be honest, to give them some of their credit in this one, the Indianapolis team has been in a couple of games of late. Like it's not it's not good, but like. Brissett is there, and he's been doing better. This game, he was nearly 200 yards, uh, 17 sorry. But, like, okay, so, like, over his last four games, he's averaging 240 yards. He's got a 6-2 to touchdown interception ratio, and he's done that while getting sacked 18 times, which is actually pretty good. And, like, like you look at his weapon, so he's got T.Y. Hilton, but T.Y. Hilton is normally a way off just drawing drawing deep defenders off. Like, his, I think his, his number two target this week was Chester Rogers. I didn't know there was a player called Chester <laughs> Rogers in the NFL, right? I would have been making jokes about him all fucking year if I had known. Like, Brissette is actually looking okay, and it's... Here's, here's a slight question for you. Like, we, honest to God, haven't a clue what the story is with Luck and how injured he is. Like... What do they do? Is Brissett now locked in as a backup? Or is he pushing for a chance to start somewhere else? Or what do, what do Indianapolis do with him after this season? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I suppose it depends on Luck's health and whether or not Luck is ever going to come back or mm. whether he needs another year or what condition he comes back in. I like, I like, I like Jacoby Brissett. I like what we've seen from him. He's, this is not a good position. Like you said, he's getting annihilated every game. 
He came in to a team that is inept and didn't think it was going to go anywhere. He's got a bad line. The run game is not working. His the receivers can't get open. The defense sucks. But he, he's fine. He looks fine. I can see. I don't think Brissett's ever going to be you know one of those kind of elite guys. I don't know if he's ever going to be the kind of guy who'd be like, yeah, this guy can drag our team to the playoffs. But what he's shown is he's smart. He's talented. He's pretty solid. He doesn't make. Like he doesn't, well, he does make mistakes, but the number of mistakes seem to decline since the start of the season. I'm mm. like, yeah, cool. This guy could have a career as one of those like veteran backups who bounces around. Yeah. Next, Charlie in. Whitehurst. Yeah, something. exactly that kind of thing. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like I, I definitely wouldn't be unhappy with Brissett. And I would, if I'm so in Indianapolis, and I don't know what Andrew Luck's situation is, and I want a solid backup. I'd, I'd hang on to him. Like this guy came in with didn't even know the playbook when they started. Him. Yeah. Like he's done well. Yeah, no, he has. Like, this is the thing. Like, I could looking at this game, I could, I could honestly have seen either team winning this because I'm not impressed with the Tennessee Titans. I'm not impressed with the Indianapolis Colts, but I was, I think I was more impressed with how the Colts played in this game than I was with how Tennessee did. To be honest, like Tennessee's defense kept them in the game, and their stubbornness in game plan is the thing that nearly lost it for them, which is constantly wanting to use Demarco Murray for no discernible reason. Indianapolis have terrible line. Uh, rookie well not a rookie but essentially a rookie quarterback in that system and I think they're looking a little bit better but uh, uh, any final thoughts on this lads or we move on no I think the fact Kenneth is going to be in the playoffs is just kind of sad to be yeah it is a bit it is a bit but hey welcome to the AFC uh, <laughs> onto the onto the dumpster fire uh, Jacksonville welcome home uh, Jacksonville at Arizona 24 to 27 uh, this was the most bored of all the boards that ever bought um, a last second field goal from a Phil Dawson sealed up a mistake riddled game uh, this was Carolina's first win against a team with a winning record this year uh, <laughs> Gabbard looked like so if we say that Bortles is like the first evolution of the Pokemon Gabbard's like the second evolution of the Pokemon I, I, I disagree I think Gabbard is like the OG Bortles he was Bortles before Bortles ever Bortled maybe like because like Gabbard, Gabbard looked good this game. You know, it was like 20, 22 to 38, 241, two touchdowns and an interception, right? If you compare that 19 to 33, about the same kind of completion rate level from Bortles. But Bortles had 160 yards and an, and an interception. But then Bortles used quick attack. Bortles took to the <laughs> ground 62 yards and two touchdowns all over all over that ground game. Um, this was this was a mistake riddled piece of shit of a game. Uh, and uh, like... What kind of game... A good game ends with people trading touchdown for touchdown, blow for blow, defense for defense. This was interception for interception for bad play calling to allowing them a second left on the thing. Do we, do we put the blame on the quarterback or do we put the blame on the on the coach for calling that fucking pass play at the tail end? I am convinced that that was like a test by Doug Marone. It's like, surely Blake Portals will realize that this game call, like this game call is completely stupid and will change it to the line of scrimmage. But Blake Bortles is not a good quarterback. Blake Bortles is a goddamn idiot. He's just standing at the like on the sideline of the game, and like I don't think he even realised that he had lost the game again for the same. I think the worst thing around the Blake Bortles is that he got like his defense got good. They're involved in more close games, so he can't be the garbage time king anymore. And for me personally, like Blake Bortles, the difference is like Blake Gabbert was bad when he was in Jacksonville, right? But at least when he was making mistakes, it was because he was panicked because his offensive line was busy collapsing around him. With Blake Bortles, no matter what situation he is, he could be under pressure, he could be under no pressure, he could be in the pocket for five minutes. He could still throw an interception at any moment, any time, because he doesn't read the field. He doesn't know what he's doing. He is like the least 
amount of football intelligence I've ever seen in a quarterback. And every moment with Bortles is another moment where something terrible could be happening. Like, obviously, Marone has, has fallen on the grenade and said it was his pass call in that last minute, which uh, which killed the clock and allowed Arizona to have a field goal chance in the first place. But I just kind of feel that, like, if that was a quarterback of even average quality, they would have realized that, you know, I, I'm in the pocket for a little bit. Maybe I should just, like, t- you know, just run up the center and take a sack if necessary because that would be better in this situation. But Blake Bortles doesn't think, doesn't do anything. He is basically like living Marone's offense and Marone isn't a very good offensive mind based on what we've seen so okay. far. So, so we've no letter from that to be a safety blanket. We're getting, we've seen over the last three weeks, Blake Bortles be exposed to the terrible But here's But here, here, here's the real question now. Is Blake Bortles with this Jacksonville decision the worst or is Arizona the worst? Are they off your shit list yet, Harry? Arizona wouldn't, this is, sorry, this, this is fake news. This is some fake news right here. Arizona were never... Tampa Bay were the team I added to the shit list. I think Arizona were originally added to the shit list by yourself. Uh, No, they were not. I'm going to go back and find it wherever it was. You're you're wrong. But I I will say this. I will give you... Would you like to hear Jacksonville's um, third down percentage for the game? (laughs) One. (laughs) 8.3%. I don't think I've ever seen a third down conversion rate that bad. It's historically bad. So that's a 1 in 12 or something, is it? Something like that. Yeah, just like fucking hell. But ugh, look, Arizona looked okay. I mean, I still don't particularly want to talk about them because they're not going to go anywhere. But it was, it was, you know, it was fun. They did things. Is Gabbard good enough to be a starter in this league, given what we saw in this game? No. Well, I mean, given the standard of starter in this league, maybe. But uh, in in a vacuum, no. Conditionally, well, he's better than Blake Bortles, apparently. So we, we can mm. go with that. If Blake well, Bortles he's, he's, good, he's, he's good against Blake Bortles on this week, depending on the algorithm. Oh, that's it? that's true. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, even weak Jags are pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty like they, terrible. They only managed to win against the Chargers because the Chargers are the most portals of all the franchises. Mm. So that's, the, that's where I'm going. And Char- it was only Chargers are currently my call to, to win the uh, AFC West at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I, I, Jacksonville are going to... Yeah, they're going to run out. They're going to run out of steam. As they're going to run out of ideas. As an aside, we've also, we saw Fournette taken off a few times and Yeldon put on instead. Is that something to start getting worried about for this team? Because obviously they're, they're not going entirely to their game plan of handing it off 50 times a game, but like having Fournette having to come off the field a lot isn't exactly well, setting them up for they, a run. They were doing that. And yeah. now, he's, now he's knackered. Like, mm. Now he's hurt his ankle. Like, I mean... He, he he didn't look right. He he did not look right today, and it's evident that they've managed to take less than a season to completely run this kid into the ground. Yeah, uh, he needs a break. I think the whole team needs a break. Their defense is looking a bit lethargic as well, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is actually that's, that's true. But we'll have to. Yeah, like this this wasn't a good offense from Arizona. Like, uh, but they still managed to put up twenty seven points. That's worrying for a defense that is needs to keep teams basically below twenty to have a chance. Really, I know they got twenty four in this thing, but like. I think under 20 to give them a realistic chance against any good teams. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So we'll see. Hopefully, Jacksonville, you can climb your way on out from uh, from the dumpster from whence you once came. Uh, they're like going back to visit your old house. So let's see. Uh, remember, you've moved to a better neighbourhood now. You don't need to live there anymore. Uh, we'll move on to some questions from you, the listeners. So this one comes in from uh, Robbie and it says... Given the divide in the AFC NFC quality this year, do we need to reassess how the playoffs are set up? Shorty, six AFC teams don't deserve playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
there's not six AFC teams that deserve to be in the playoffs, but you kind of need this, I suppose, to keep people interested. You need to be able to know, even if your team is shite, that they've got a chance to get out of their division, maybe. It's that any given Sunday idea, isn't it? Well, also, life is cruel and arbitrary, so it makes sense that football would also be cruel and arbitrary. But, like, mm. it's exactly that. It's a way of maintaining interest, because if you play in, I don't know, let's say, the division, let's call it the AFC South, for argument's sake, and all the teams are a bit bad, like they have been for many years in that division, it's like, yeah, where's the interest if you can't, there's nothing to play for. So, yeah, yeah it, keeps, it keeps things well, interesting. Can't just look, have... I hate to be a, a commie, pinko, European, liberal type, no, love it. I say all teams should play each other twice, and then they should have points if they win, and no points if they lose, and one point if they draw, if they once I manage a tie, and then the team with the most points should win the league. There you go. Do, do, do you want players to literally die? Like, <laughs> okay, that's, a, that's a 62-game show. Are you mental? <laughs> he's, Five, uh, he's, one he's, game he's, against each other, they alternate the home and away each, uh, each second season. That, they'll still all fucking die. That's still 31 <laughs> games, dude. Yeah, so what we do is we double the size of the rosters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to play your backup team every week. Yeah, so then it's, you know, it's very tight. It's, it, it's kind of some midpoint between football and baseball. <laughs> Um, but no, because I, I did see this. I was looking at the, uh, the 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 power rankings that came out this week, and I think on the NFL ones anyway. I think uh, seven of the top ten teams are, are NFC teams, which means one of the top ten teams is making the playoffs. Just structurally to allow at least, yeah, it's just it's uh, it's, it's it's a bit mental altogether. Um, also, it's important to have like tomato cans in the playoffs, so like the Patriots can annihilate the Bills yeah. in a round to like just make themselves look. You know, yeah, like more intimidating. What, what if if we didn't have this? What would the Bengals have outside of like getting knocked out in the early game of the wild card? Exactly. Like that's that's kind not, of not like, being Cleveland. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like 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 that is that is the defining difference between them and Cleveland, and that they have like slightly less orange on their clothes. <laughs> like that's that's about it. Um, next up, this one comes in from uh, Dolphins fan eighty six. Uh, Patriots are now gone from 32nd in total defence to 30th. Do you think they can turn this season around? What, what, what do you think, Harry? I think that's a bit rich coming from a fucking Dolphins fan, don't you? <laughs> Check the fucking scoreboard. Are the Dolphins now 32nd instead? Probably. It could well be. Um, look, I mean, it's a, like all this stuff, like, you're winning games. Yeah. Nah. Like, good, good this, 30th is good enough to beat the fucking Dolphins. Great. To, to be fair, this is a, this is also a thing of... Uh, I think this is... It's got three cry-laughing emojis at the end as well. It does. Fuck uh, you. Uh, the thing, I think the thing with this is that I think that Total Defense thing has a way overvalued yardage. Because if I remember correctly, you've been like top 10 on like red zone defense mm-hmm. for pretty much the whole season. And you've got... I think there's a seven game streak on at the moment of like not allowing a certain amount of points or something like the first time it's been done in about 12 yeah. years also, also bear in mind that going from 32nd to 30th that still factors in all of the shitty games at the start of the season like yeah. statistics come on guys like Dolphins fans to be honest I was just surprised I was surprised that they were still 32nd last week is the thing <laughs> but like I said I think this is an I'm overall... surprised they're still Dolphins fans yeah that's true ah god they still remember all those times they didn't win Super Bowls with Dan Marino <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Thank you for welcome to the shitting on the dolphins section of the podcast. <laughs> oh god, we're going to shit on a few more ones. Coming, some of these questions are coming. Uh, this one comes in from the Duminator. <laughs> Chuck Pagano rants about hurricanes and the Groundhog Day isn't that a great film wouldn't you rather watch that film than watch the Colts yes yes I would much rather watch that film than watch the Colts like if, well, got... if, you, if you mix up two you know significant 90s films you could get like if you just splice them together perhaps you would get that film already could do yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like uh, Twister Day yeah Twister Day yeah you could... know Bill, Bill Murray just being chased around yeah uh, <laughs> Bill Murray repeatedly getting sucked up into the air and being like waking up to that same song every morning. Um, there, there is an interesting idea. This: what if Chuck Pagano is stuck in a Groundhog Day esque scenario now, where he's waking up every day as the GM of a failing franchise and keeps trying to just do incredibly stupid things to try and break the cycle? And that's why this has been happening. While we've been experiencing this for two years, he's been experiencing this two or three year stretch for thousands of years. <laughs> I love that theory. I love that theory. Yeah, like, I'm going to subscribe to it. It would explain an awful lot. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh I li- uh, yeah, this one is this one's an interesting. This is a kind of more of a real question. Um, Mark Tressman just no, won- it's not a real question. It's got Mark <laughs> Tressman. Come on, Mark, Mark Tressman just won the Grey Cup up in uh, up in Canada in the CFL with the Toronto Argonauts. I think they're called. Um, could he make a return to the NFL? Um, like he was, a, I think he was all right as a QB coach. Anyway, like he could definitely come back as a QB coach. But I don't know if you, anyone's going to let him at a, at a. As long as Jay Cutler is retired, he should be okay. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah. Yeah, no. I don't know. Like, look, if you can get enough success to win up there, where like literally, like arena football can contend with you for attracting players, like you have to be able to do something. I know it's weird and it's a bit of a different system, but like. You gotta, you gotta imagine that like he could come back and do something. No. Well, I mean, I guess he could do something. That, that's that's uh, just neutral, isn't it? <laughs> like we, if, if he was willing to take a low, cube, like a, like a QB coach job, yeah. maybe. But I kind of think he, he he would want to be up, going up a bit higher. He'd want he want to be coming in at OC. Sixties. He's not really going to be going for like QB coach. Maybe OC might tempt him, but I don't think. I don't even think less than OC would tempt him back to the NFL at the moment. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we've got a few more, uh, but I think what we'll do is we'll cover them on the next show. So we've got a few ones about uh, eliminated teams, AFC wildcard spots and so on. So we'll get on to those next week. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll swing over to our picks for this week's games. Okay, so first up we have the Mazungus heading down to Dallas. We've taken the Mazungus across the board. Why is that, Harry? Yeah, this is... Jesus, you wouldn't have thought this a few weeks ago. But, no. Uh, yeah, Dallas have just completely and utterly disintegrated. Uh, not just because of Ezekiel Elliott, but basically since Zeke went out, mm. when then you've got the O-line having health problems, like Travis Frederick... Uh, no, sorry, Zach Martin ended up leaving the game last week as well. They just have... The team's gone to bits. Uh, can't really establish any kind of passing game. Dak looks extremely uncomfortable. The O-line isn't working. The defense isn't working. Whereas Washington are still just doing their thing. They're being like pretty good with a quarterback who can sometimes win them games, and that's good enough right now, I think, to go into Dallas, go into Jerry World, and kick just a nose-diving yeah. team. Uh, like Just finish them off. Yeah, basically, that, like, and that, that would finish Dallas off. God, I, don't, I feel bad for Dallas. Yeah. No, I don't actually. Fuck Dallas. Like, realistically, like, just even from a practical perspective, maybe you should have just sat those six games out at the start and just had a good run at the end. Yeah, bastard. Uh, next up, Kansas City at New York Jets. Uh, 
Oh, I've gone for the Jets. Uh, Fitz has gone for the Jets, and he apologises to me. It's okay, Fitz, I'm there with you. And Harry's gone for KC. Um, I'll explain the, the... Do you want to explain the KC pick? As I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to oh, see Oh, literally, it. it's just like the Jets have just like looked good for a little while. It's the Jets. Yeah. They're going against a team that's completely demoralised and playing terribly. Of course, they're going to fucking lose. It's the Jets. That's yeah. what they do. I'm going for the I'm going for the Jets in this one because as much as I love Casey to win, and like realistically, most of the time I should be picking them. We played poorly when we were at this stadium two weeks ago. Don't seem to deal with the adverse weather conditions strictly well. It turns out that all you need to do to beat the scheme that we've got is run cover two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If all you need to do is run cover two, this is a defense, if not much of an offense. And the Jets have looked a little bit better of late. We're trekking across the road to a spot where we are going to fuck up. I really hope I'm wrong. Uh, let's go for it. Uh, next up, New England at uh, the Buffalo Bills. We have taken New England across the board. Uh, Fitzy? Yeah, Buffalo are average. New England beat everyone in the AFC East again and again and again and again and again. So, New England to just impose more pain on the Buffalo Bills and start to extinguish the little hope that they got last week uh, for actually making the playoffs it's not going to happen Buffalo even in the AFC even in the AFC yeah next up we have Denver at Miami Uh, I've gone for Denver Uh, Fitz has gone for Miami and Harry's gone for Miami Uh, reason for Denver they've got a decent defence they're no longer starting Paxton Lynch um yeah, Miami are dog shit. Yeah, they are, but so are Denver, and Denver also not going to have a keep the lead in this game. Yeah, they also that just means to be less flags. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they also. We're still not entirely sure if they have an O line. Like Trevor Simeon looked good against what is probably the worst defense in the league. Let's be completely honest; he has struggled against anyone who's shown even a bit of spine. Miami have at times done that. They are a very, very, very mediocre team right now. Mm-hmm. But Denver are a bad team with discipline problems who don't know who their best player on, in any position bar wide receiver on the offense. They don't know who the best running back is, they don't know who the best quarterback is, they don't know who any of their best defensive linemen are. The team's a mess right now. Ah, yeah. But it's also my app. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, uh, well made. San Francisco at Chicago. I've gone for Chi-Town. So is Harry. Uh, Fitz has gone for San Francisco, the Goat Rapolo. Why are you going for San Francisco? Is it just the Goat Rapolo? Go Rapolo hype. Go Rapolo hype. Go Rapolo hype. It's the hype train you got to get in the hype train. Garoppolo is the greatest player of all time. He's also a quarterback, which Chicago don't seem to have actually drafted this year. Mm. Uh, they seem to have drafted a guy who hands the ball off to Jordan Howard, and that's about it. Um, and San Francisco's defense, uh, it kind of tired down the stretch against Seattle, but I think there's a lot of talent there. They're showing a lot more. They've won a game a couple of weeks ago. I know. It's hard to remember. Uh, and Chicago right now just looks so uninspiring on offense. Uh, I think if San Francisco's D-line fronts up I can shut down Jordan Howard that they should have a good chance of winning this game uh-huh. uh, like obviously they're never like a strong favourite but uh, I think with the hype around with Rappolo the injection in the arm I think that could be enough to get them over the hump here yeah well you see here's the thing you said they drafted a guy who just hands off Jordan Howard and they only handed it off to Jordan Howard like four times last week and they got annihilated. So they're just going to keep handing off to Jordan Howard and Jordan Howard's going for like fucking 400 yards because this San Francisco team... Now, I know last week, but Seahawks have been consistently terrible against the run against every non-Seattle team. This is a run-heavy Chicago team and they're going to run all over San Fran. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking as well. Uh, 
If you've got them in fantasy, light them if you got them. Uh, next up, Detroit at Baltimore. God, I've taken a lot of fucking shots this week. Uh, I've gone for Baltimore, and the other two you guys have gone for Detroit. Uh, Baltimore. I don't trust. I don't trust the Lions at all. I know that they are okay. I think this Baltimore defense is legit. Uh, I think they're at home. Uh, yeah, I just, I just got this feeling that they're just gonna just shut them down offensively, and Detroit aren't set up for that. Baltimore, like it's gonna be a shite game to watch. Don't watch it. But, uh, but I just feel Baltimore are gonna come out on top. Yeah, it's a tough one because like Detroit don't inspire confidence. I'll admit that, but they put up a decent show against Minnesota, who we all pretty much agree are one of the better teams in the NFL. Yeah. They're competitive in pretty much every game and. In the fourth quarter, like, who are you going to trust more? If this is a close game in the fourth quarter, I'd much rather trust Matt Stafford than I would Joe Flacco right now. Joe Flacco looks like a shadow of the elite player that he used to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I just, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm saying, if I can, Baltimore, they need what? Is, what did we say? Was it they need two more shutouts to, uh, to, <laughs> to uh, this, this is definitely one of those, and not like those games against the Browns and shit that are coming up. Uh, next up, we have Minnesota and Atlanta. Oh, I'm on my own again on this one. Uh, I'm going for Atlanta, and you two are going for Minnesota. Harry, why Minnesota? I, I just, very difficult to pick against Minnesota at the moment. The defense looks incredible. The offense is humming. They've shown that they can get it done like on the oh god cliche town and get it done through the air and on the ground but they can they're a very well rounded team mm. whereas Atlanta are really talented but really flaky yeah. and their defence in particular is really just all over the place at the moment so I think like yeah Atlanta certainly could hit the heights and just walk all over them but there's also an Atlanta team that spent almost half of a game trying its best to lose Tampa Bay last week so I think yeah Minnesota just 90% of the time are going to be above mm. where the Falcons are yeah, I've got Atlanta kind of hitting ascendancy. It's more important, I think, for them to win this game at this point than it is for Minnesota to win this game in terms of getting to the playoffs and everything. Uh, I think they're at home. I think Minnesota... I think they're at home. No, no, I think... <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, they're at home. I think that this Minnesota team kind of spent a lot last week in their game as well. And the big trick is because Atlanta are at home... They're going to trick all these Minnesota players. They're going to be wandering around. They're going to smell delicious fried chicken. But they're not going to be able to get their hands on that delicious fried chicken. And they're going to tire themselves out running around this uh, this, this stadium on the Sunday trying to find an open fried chicken place just to discover that even though it is a American football stadium, the chicken shack is closed. And that's how they're going to trick them. They're going to psych them out that way with their fried chicken... Chick-fil-A. Like you if, you, if you Connor, fucking, if you get this pick right, Connor, if you get it on that basis, if you fucking get this pick right, I'm done. I'm done. Believe, believe anti-jokes? I'm not, I'm not really sure. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Um, good God, this game is going to be terrible. Uh, all right, I've gone for Green Bay. Fitz has gone for Tampa Bay. Wow, this is a long one. I don't think I actually get all this up. Um, just going to have to open up this a little bit so I can see what this says. Okay, so Harry has gone for... Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal had ever dared to dream before. But in the silence was broken and the darkness gave no token and the only words that were spoken were the words, a draw? Yes, I'm picking a tie. Fuck both these teams. So we've got a draw selected for Harry. Oh, we're due on, aren't we? Uh, I was really sad I wasn't able to use that line for a Baltimore game. Yeah. Oh. 
so so we got I don't even know how to work this we've got three different options on this one uh, I'm going for Green Bay because they are at home they looked better last week and Tampa Bay are a bag of poo uh, Fitz why are you going for Tampa Bay yeah well like it's surprising both of these teams were much better than we kind of expected they could be last week uh, but I like Tampa Bay like I think like Fitzpatrick is getting into it a bit I think Davis is more talent overall I think Green Bay was basically Caribbean Aaron Rodgers so we'll give it to Tampa Bay but like this is not a game worth watching and it could go either way because both these teams are incredibly inconsistent as well as being bad which is a very uh, depressing combination I'm totally to be honest yeah. what score is it going to tie on? Please, no, 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 no. I'm saying for for, for Harry's tie. Please say something like 42-42. 69-69. Excellent. Like, um, this is going to be. Oh my! These are two dumb bad teams. We're going to do dumb bad things to each yeah. other, and it's going to be dumb and bad. Yeah, just just avoid uh, this game. Avo- yeah. Avoid watching it. Avoid betting on it. Avoid like just hearing about it. We'll try to not discuss it next week. Uh, Houston at Tennessee. We've gone for Tennessee across the board. Uh, Fitz. Yeah, like Tennessee, we discussed them a lot in the review. They're a solid team. Their defense is starting to kind of put some stuff together. So I think against Tom Savage, uh, like like DeAndre Hopkins will get lots of yards, but no one else on the Houston offense will do anything. So Tennessee should have enough over the course of the game to compensate for that and get the win. But uh, whoever the number one CB in Tennessee is going to have a bad day against DeAndre Hopkins because he's still producing even with Tom Savage. So yeah. well done, DeAndre Hopkins. You are furrowing a very sad path, but at least you'll get your yards. No, of course. Indianapolis, uh, Jacksonville. We've gone for Jacksonville across the board. Why? Because it's an odd-numbered week. Uh, Jacksonville's defense are good. And Indianapolis, as much as we said, look, they're they're better than we thought. They're not a good team. Uh, so, yeah, basically Jacksonville should do pick up that Jacksonville defense if you can get your hands on it. Next up, Cleveland. Believe land at the LA Chargers. Uh, I've gone Chargers. Fitz has gone Chargers. But Harry, in a big upset, has gone Josh Gordon hype. He is the Pro Bowl of players. <laughs> wow. I'm impressed, Connor. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's building me up. So, so purely on the basis of the Pro Bowl of players... Purely on the base, Josh Gordon, he's going to blaze past the defenders for 420 yards. Excellent. It's going to be sweet. I think it's not Christmas Day, so I think the Chargers will win. So Yeah, it's not no time to give them a present yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I just think, yeah, LA Chargers, great defense, it's going to blow them up. Uh, Rams at Arizona, we've got for Rams across the board because the Rams are good and Arizona are not. Uh, <laughs> and I'll reach the musical number section of the podcast. New York Giants at Oakland Raiders. Uh, we've gone for the Oakland Raiders across the board, Harry. Yeah, like I mean, Oakland are bad, but like the Giants are extremely bad. Uh, notwithstanding um, anything that no. may happen with that other. Oh no, no, they were teams. they were really bad in that but, game. We were just worse. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just I I'm, I'm not going to pick the Giants the rest of the season. They're trash. Mm. They are a trash team. Oakland are really really disappointing. But like they have a quarterback who is good. They have. Khalil Mack and yeah that's more Ooh. than the Giants have a chance here though because they uh, they have taken out two of the AFC West already so that could be fun mm. um, but yeah we'll see uh, next up we have Carolina at New Orleans we've gone from New Orleans across the board Fitz yeah like obviously this is a huge game that has mm. massive implications in the NFC side especially after New Orleans lost to the LA Rams it's kind of constrained it in a more uh, New Orleans though are at home and their run game has been really effective. They'll face a major challenge with Carolina's run defense. We won the better in the league. But I think the big difference here is that, as we talked about, 
in the as we talked about in the game review like Carolina's offense if they get behind it's so run focused that you don't really think that they have the ability to open it up and get in there so I think New Orleans if they get behind they still have Drew Brees they still have Michael Thomas they still have the weapons to deal with any scenario so I think you know if you look at all the possible situations I think New Orleans will win out more of them so we'll give to New Orleans at home and they'll kind of get a lock on that NFC side. Well, re- return to kind of the, the good position they were in the NFC side a few weeks ago. But yeah. uh, don't count Carolina out. This should be a good game. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I think it'll be good. Although, is that... No, that, that's in the late batch of games, isn't it? It's not in the... It's not in the... It's not the night game. Uh, no, that's the next one. Yeah. yeah, the next one. Oh, God, this is a great weekend for these games. God damn it. Uh, next up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles traveling out to the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, I've gone for Philly. Uh, Harry's gone for Philly, and Fitz has Homer picked and gone for Seahawks. So, uh, why Philly? Like, look, I like the Hawks. They're a decent team, and Russell Wilson can bullshit magic his way to a victory against more or less anyone. However, like Philly have just that front seven right is nasty. Seattle's O-line is like it's nasty but a different yeah a different different meaning nasty like it's gonna be incredibly one-sided in the trenches their cornerbacks are have been surprisingly good this season and aren't gonna be given that much trouble down the field by the likes of Paul Richardson and, and Doug Baldwin and Jimmy Graham yes Seattle will certainly have opportunities but it's going to be very difficult for them. Russell Wilson is going to be running for his life consistently. He can run, win games doing that, but against a team this good and a team that really can go toe-for-toe for them on offense against a depleted Legion of Boom, like a, a, an offense that has just been scoring and not even like, not even um, relying on its quarterback that much, just having an arsenal of running backs, a quarterback who can consistently just keep the scoreboard ticking over. I, I, Seattle are just too depleted right now, I think, to go toe-to-toe with that. Yeah, that... Uh, can't you can't use your run defense if the other side doesn't have a run game? See, clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like I'll be honest. Like like uh, I know Connor, you want to talk with Philly about that. Like, so you could strain my Seahawks rant uh, at the end there when you want to get in. Uh, like Seattle, this is a homer pick on the balance of, of power. Philadelphia look unstoppable right now. I would say that Philadelphia right now they don't need to win necessarily they're coming up to Seattle they're going across the country that, always, the that, that, that always makes a difference and Seattle despite all the depletions I still genuinely believe that the, 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 the secondary Earl Thomas is the most important member of that secondary and he can compensate for a lot uh, versus like, so I think like when they lost Earl Thomas last year the defensive back end completely collapsed I think since uh, Sherman and Chancellor being out uh, they haven't you haven't seen the same drop off. There's been a drop off, but not to the same extent. Um, and I think Seattle Russell Wilson he's playing out of his mind right now. I'm sure they'll try and do the run game. It won't matter, but they haven't done the run game all season, so it doesn't really change the game plan per se. And I just think at home Seattle, then with that crowd, it'll be interesting to see how Carson Wentz does in that situation. Uh, and it's just like I kind of feel like Philly right now. They're, they're rolling. They're not really having to try too much. They're doing their stupid dances, which Bill Belichick would definitely not approve of. Uh, <laughs> and I think Seattle, this is a must-win game for Seattle to stay relevant in the NFC West in the playoff hunt. So I think Seattle, they do the most bullshitty thing ever and manage to win. Like, But I will admit Philadelphia should be the favourites for this, but you know, I'm a homer, so yeah. like, Jimmy. I, I, think, uh, I think Philly are going to stop this one. I think Seattle are good. I think this Philly team is excellent, and I think... This is probably going to put Pat to Seattle's hopes for the playoffs. 
uh, unfortunately. Ooh. I think this loss here and the Rams getting another one ahead jumps them up, and this is a very competitive NFC. I love the Kansas City fans. Like, I'm going down, I'm taking your hopes down. With you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's okay, because in the AFC, 7 and 9 might just do it. <laughs> right? Uh, next up is Pittsburgh at Cincinnati uh, I've gone Pittsburgh Fitz has gone Pittsburgh and Harry's gone for Cincy why Cincy? Uh, <laughs> I had a reason I don't know what it was I, I, if I remember your reason earlier was uh, you need to make games back in the pick-ups. oh yes that was it that was it um, real talk like once again Pittsburgh went to a bad team and sucked yeah and um, there's very, every chance they could do that again and um, like we've just seen so much inconsistency and Pittsburgh are winning games but if you look at A, some of the games they've lost and B, how close some of those wins have been against what has, let's be honest, been a schedule with some very soft spots in it. Mm. This is a winnable game for a Cincinnati team that finally got a run game going last week that finally seemed to have figured out a little bit more of how it could operate outside of just, you know, spraying the ball around randomly, let's be completely honest about Mm -hmm. where their offense was. We saw a little bit of an actual genuine game plan and approach improvement from Cincinnati. If Cincinnati are smart about this, they control the ball. If they can keep that run game going, and that's what got Green Bay into that game against Pittsburgh, was that Pittsburgh run defense suddenly looked tired and a bit more, much more figured out than it has been yeah. this season. Cincinnati can do something similar. If Mixon can have another game like he did, Pittsburgh are in a lot of trouble because right now they are full on in throw it up to Antonio Brown and hope for the best mode. And a solid percentage of the time that works but I'm not sure it does here we know that these teams always go bananas against each other but um, yeah I, look I need to make up games and I think this is one where Cincinnati have a good chance of pulling off the pulling off the upset just based on what we've seen out of the last week how we know they can play how we know Pittsburgh just sometimes fall to pieces when they're up against teams they should really 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 be beating yeah and like we saw we saw we saw just how why Joe Mixon was drafted where he was and why he was touted outside of the the, 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 mm. the off the field stuff like why people were talking about him as being a complete back like he looked properly good last week and that was even with mediocre line play so you could see that happening entirely it's just it's that thing of Pittsburgh there's just too many bits there of like they were they relied an awful lot on Antonio Brown last week, but they also did fuck all with Lev Bell realistically, and they can just target they can just use him a bit more this week, and they might have Juju Smith Schuster back this week. So then, like even Bryant got a touchdown last week, and that was just because Juju wasn't in. Like there's there's just so much on this team, and because it's an in division game, and they always play them tough because they fucking hate everyone in their own division. Like they're the kind of people who beat down on the Browns and then say like, "Oh Jesus, yeah, keep trying there, bucko." Like you know, ah, it's just ah, I can just I can see this being a like Pittsburgh like to do those like get right games occasionally, and I always think it's 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 more often than not it's going to be an in division rival. It's going to get the brunt of that because that's when they're angry. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh, I think. But yeah, outside of that, lads, any other crack? Any plans for the rest of the week? Uh, no, I've got some more Green Party stuff coming up soon enough. More Very policy good. things, nothing too interesting. Uh, asylum policy, not mental asylum, obviously. Asylum seekers. Mm. Um, coming up in a few other little bits and bobs, but uh, nothing I can really talk about. Obviously, we're all very glad the election isn't happening because we were all like, oh God, none of us are ready for this. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's been a nice relief on that That's front. Really what about yourself, Fitzy? Uh, keeping it quiet, just uh, kind of already feeling that uh, holiday kind of period coming up because I'm taking the week off before Christmas as well. So it's kind of oh, like, very yeah, good. just like slide into that period, whatever. Yeah, that'll be handy enough. Yeah, I've got a flat to the mat job interview on Thursday. Uh, it's Simon in this day week, and uh, I've got it going tickets to uh, the 
diehard screening in the Lighthouse Cinema on Friday, so they're doing a 1980s office Christmas party beforehand. Uh, so we're going to do our, our Nakatomi Plaza Christmas party and then go watch uh, that, which would be fun. And then just flat to the mat on uh, on study and assignments for the weekend, I think. And got to go view some uh, some potential venues for the old wedding and all that kind of shit. So uh, fairly fucking busy, to be honest. Uh, Although it's really Good fun. To Just fit your study in there, easy peasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, fun times. But uh, no, that's spot on. Should look at as you oh, said. Uh, guys, sorry, something has just happened. I've okay. just got an alert. This is not a drill. This is not a joke. The Giants are going to start Geno Smith. Yes! Geno Smith no. coming in. No, why would you do that? <laughs> Nobody no, picked the Giants, right? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I, was, I was contemplating it. Glad you didn't. To be honest, I might contemplate it more now. <laughs> Welcome to the Geno Coaster. Oh wow, New York! Uh, wow, that that came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Do we want to? Do we want to do a quick touch on this and uh, stick it at the start, or we just leave this at the tail end? No, I think we'll leave this at the tail end. I think that is a nice note to end on. You can, <laughs> lit- you can literally say the line now. Yeah, and on that, Bob, <laughs> hit us up online, grab us on Twitter, Pornhub, uh, Facebook, all those kind of things. Uh, so that's by himself, by Harry, by Bison Roman. Bye. This has been all four quarters, and we will catch you next week. <laughs>